Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MTG Place podcast. I am your host, Corey, and I'm here with my co-host, James, again. Say hi, hey, James. everybody. How's it going? Yeah, and uh, so we just want to plug a couple ways to support here. We have our Patreon. We have a <clears throat> Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, basically all of our social media. Uh, you can find all those links at our new website URL, which is mtgplace.net. has all of those links, so you can go there, check it out. It's pretty cool. We have all those links there. We're also doing a Twitter event right now. Um, if you go and follow us on Twitter, which is at mtgplace, we have a post that is asking what commander card should we do our deck tech on so if you go there and comment we're gonna pick one of them at the end of this month and do a deck tech video on it does it sound cool james what do you what what, uh what uh, commander would you want to do a deck tech on oh god um deck tech commander huh it's got to be something fun right (laughs) yeah hopefully something crazy challenging right not something we already have Exactly. I mean, the, we don't need another Derevi deck, right? Right. <laughs> Dear God. Oh, this this commander's good because it always costs three. Me, 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 me. Yeah, must must be a rough life. Four, but you know. Same or, thing. Sorry, four. My bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's time for Magic News! In, uh, in Magic News today, we uh, had a banning today. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, I, I see the the sheet here. We had some stuff happening, it looks like. Yeah, so they went ahead and they, they banned Luris uh, in yep. Pioneer and Modern. Um, so a lot of people are happy it's about gonzo. that. <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking at it, and Luris is played in about uh, 25 to 30% of decks in Modern. That's pretty, that's pretty significant, to be honest. That's, yeah... That's uh, that definitely shows that this card was pretty powerful. If that many decks were running it, yeah, and I think it was one of the few cards I ever remember being banned in vintage, completely banned. So <laughs> that does not happen often. So <laughs> yeah, and then in Popper they banned Galvanic <clears throat> Galvanic Relay, uh, Disciple the Vault, and Expedition Map. Disciple of the Vault, I'm surprised took this long to be banned in Popper, just because you, the fact that you can like infinitely kill people with that right and so the expo map definitely makes sense because you know fetching and stuff yeah and, and tron is good in popper so yeah exactly so yes yeah, so we had the bandings today uh, the next thing but the news is uh this, we got a first look at the streets of new capania Capenna? Capenna? I can't pronounce that right. I don't know. Capenna is what it looks like, yeah. Yeah, Capenna. Anyway, so that's going to be a new magic set, um, and it's about five families, um, five powerful families in a city kind of fighting for their turf. Um, And interesting enough, it's uh, looking at the dates here, uh, it looks like they put paper first again finally. Uh, So we're going to actually see the paper pre-release before the MTG Arena and online release. I'm going to be finally uh, falling out of our pandemic ways here. That's going to be nice. Yep. So that will be uh, in-store pre-releases are April 22nd, and then it goes on Arena and Magic Online on the 28th. Awesome. Yeah, this looks really fun. Of, a- um, of April. 
Yes, yes. Good clar- clarification. Oh uh, yeah, this deck looks really fun. I, I, I don't know if we've ever had. You know, this is you know kind of like a you know reminds me of uh maybe you know sort of Godfathery you know that kind of aesthetic is what this reminds me of. Um, I don't know if we've ever really had that in a set in Magic yet, so this will be fun to explore. Yeah, it looks like they're going to do uh, some three-color pairs. Uh, they got some spoilers that they have launched with the dates of some cool full art land, basic lands they're doing. Um, and then what the families are, you have Obscura is white, blue, black. Maestros is blue, black, red. Rivet Tears is black, red, green. Cabaretti is red, green, white. And the Brokers are green, white, blue. And they leaked as well that they're going to finish the triome cycle so the rest of the triome lands will be in here the thank three, god it's about time <laughs> yeah the three uh three color lands that are fetchable and also cycling that will be uh those uh those uh triome lands are pretty fantastic it'll be nice to have them for all of the uh tribes because yes i run some decks that are you know not the typical you know three color tribes so it'll be nice to finally have a chance to throw those in the decks that i run yeah also, and then, these uh these lands look amazing i absolutely love this art this oh yeah sick. the lands look cool and there's looks like there's three arts for the triomes too three different alternate or two different alternate arts than the main art yep so yep awesome and then they did spoil brokers ascendancy as well which is one of the brokers cards. Yeah. Uh, so it's green, white, blue, one of each of them for enchantment. That's the beginning of your end step. You put a one, one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. And that's only for three mana. So let's see. That's good. really good. Like, especially, I mean, and I'm thinking like, you know, commander here, like that's a fantastic card for a lot of commander decks. I feel. Yeah, I mean it's buffing all of your creatures and all your planeswalkers every like single if you're, turn. If you're running like a, you know, even if you're running something like Super Friends, you know, this 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 is something you want. That you know happens to be that those colors. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what else they got here because um, definitely off to a good start. Yeah, and they they did say they're going to have you know the draft boosters, set boosters, and collectors boosters again. Um, and they are having five commander decks launching with this set, one for each family. Nice. All righty. Um, and then they are doing uh, commander launch parties uh, April 29th through May 1st. If you go there to participating LGS store, you can get a promo version of Swiftfoot Boots or Mindstone. I like that Mindstone. That's uh, that's a different art. That's pretty cool. The Swiftfoot the, the Swift boot art is, you know, the typical one, but the, the Mindstone art is really interesting. That's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, on to finance here. Um, let's talk about some uh, cards that have been spiking recently from Kamigawa here. We got Haidetsugu Consumes All is up 300% to $12 doesn't surprise me this card is pretty good so um i definitely expected that to happen and then we also got uh sigil of the empty throne uh that's a white card uh is spiking uh i think mainly because of all the new enchantments in neon dynasty and that's an enchantment matters card yep 
Nothing like uh, flooding your board with angels. <laughs> and then uh, every show here, we like to uh, try and see if James here can guess the top five cards of this next set. This week is Antiquities. Or antiques, I mean, my yeah, you know, antiquities. I was right. Yeah, it's antiquities. That's right. Nineteen ninety four, man, all the way back there. Mm-hmm. So the question is, do you know what the most popular cards are in that set? I'm not even sure what's even in that set. <laughs> that set, to be honest, the uh, most expensive. Yeah, and obviously, there's no uh, dual lands or power in here. There is lands, yeah. but right. Um, what's uh, I'm gonna think? What's even the symbol look like? It's the, <laughs> it's the anvil. Oh, that's that one. Okay. Um. Ah, uh, was there? Was there like Caracas or something else from that? No, not well. I don't. As far as I know, Caracas is not it, but I could be. Mm. But the most expensive card, one of uh, our buddies owns it. Oh, is it Shops? Yeah, it's Mishra's Workshop. Okay, that makes sense. It's uh, (laughs) $3,300 right now. Yeah, those are really expensive right now. (laughs) Uh, Only going to go up. The second most expensive card is uh, Candelabra. Makes sense. Uh, which is pay X on tap X lands. Um, and then the third most expensive card, do you know what that is? Hmm. It's another card that our buddy has. It's a li- as, is it library? It is not library. Hmm. It is uh, Mistress Factory, the winter version. Oh, yes. That, that makes sense. Yeah, shops and factory. Those are, those are cool cards, too. Um, what are those going for now, I wonder? Those are going for $500. Okay. Uh, Candelabra is going for a thousand. So, and then transmute artifact is fourth, going for three hundred, and the fifth one is power artifact, going for three hundred as well. Awesome. So, if you have any of those cards, you got some bank right now. Oh yeah, I mean those have been worth a lot for a while. So, (laughs) I feel like most people would know at this point. So yeah, uh, going into our main phase here. Uh, today we're going back to the basics a little bit. We're going to talk about how to build a sealed deck here. It's uh, the most popular pre-release format, and we just uh, we just played it the for the pre-release. <clears throat> yep, we were just at the well. It's been a couple weeks now, but yeah, we went to the uh, Kamigawa uh, return to Kamigawa pre-release. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's the first at least it's the first one I've been to since Throne. Um, I'm not sure. I think you've done some stuff more recently, but. Yeah, I've gotten to, I think, all of them. I don't know if I went to... What was the set before this? Uh, the, the D&D one, right? I went to the D&D one. I, I think there was, was a set. Was there a set in between? I don't remember. I think I, I missed remember. one, but I, bet I do almost all of them. Um, yeah, but you, you, go, you, you hit a lot of them. I, I've been kind of out of the game for a bit, so yeah, this is... So yeah, so for our newer people, if you don't know how to make a good sealed deck... That's the thing you want to do if you go to a pre-release because you get six packs, you know, in your your sealed kit here, and you get one promo card and a dice. There's a little pamphlet in there that tells you a lot of this information too, but you know sometimes it's nice to have people talk about it. So uh, 
after you open your pre-release kit, what uh, what do you do, James? So uh, you generally get, uh, I'm not sure how many, is it like five or six sealed pack, uh, booster packs? Yes, yeah, six. Um, yeah. So uh, open them up and then uh, basically start going by color and start, you know, well, first of all, I divide them by color. So I see, you know, what I have, multicolor, uh, and then, you know, like what tribes of multicolor I have, because that does matter. Uh, and then, of course, you know, how many of each of the normal ones plus artifacts. Uh, and then uh, with the, uh, once I uh, get all that split up, then I find out, like, you know, what creatures I have, what enchantments I have and whatnot. And I try, try to figure out what I can do from there. Yeah, I do a similar thing. So uh, the first thing I say, I sort like I, like you do all my cards into the color they are. Um, and I set the rares aside so that I can look at those easily later. Um, the gold cards are a hint. Uh, that's what's called a signpost uncommon, are the multicolored cards a lot of the time now. Um, in every that's set, since a, like, so it's like been a thing for a while, yeah. Um, and those um, aren't 100% like the, um, the pre release, the Kamigawa pre release. My signposts were pretty crap so i wasn't exactly able to follow that uh because i had signposts with basically they were like cards of the least of those colors that i had so i was just like well i guess i'm not building that <laughs> yeah it doesn't help necessarily as much in sealed as it does in draft but just yeah, knowing what they are draft. just googling them and looking them up before you go what the 10 of them are you know what all of the like archetypes are then of the decks. Yeah. And that helps a lot because honestly, like what beat me were decks that ran those archetypes, like the vehicles decks and the, uh, there was like a, the enchantment deck, I think if I remember right. Um, there's like a, a couple different types that were really good. Yeah. That's what I ended up playing was the, the blue white vehicles deck. Mm hmm. So anyways, after I do all that, I uh, then look at my rares and all my and see what color stacks I have the most cards of. Um, then I just look through to see if I have any bombs. Uh, and a bomb is something that like basically just wins you the game when you play it. Uh, like Pack Rat in Return to Ravnica or Toxroll in Crimson Vow. You pretty much will win the game if it's not removed on site. Yep. And, uh, yeah, definitely. You, you generally get at least one, um, so definitely try to incorporate your colors around that. Yeah, and usually, most decks are two colors in Seal, but some play more. If I do have a bomb and I don't have the most of those two colors uh, that it's in, of a color that it's in, sometimes I'll splash it if it really is, like, a super, super just win the game card. Um, yeah. And it doesn't cost more than, like, one or two pips of a color. Right, yeah. So then, you know, I look looking with all that information there, then I try to decide what deck I'm building. Um, and while I build my deck, I want to consider how much removal is in my deck. It's one of the key things. I feel you can never have too much removal, so you always want the most removal, the better. Yeah, and removal is really good. The nice thing about this, uh, the Kamigawa said, is a lot of the colors have removal. Like green has the fight spells, blue has the enchantments that lock down, white has the deal damage to attackers, and black just has the you know good old kill spells. And same with red, good old kill spells. 
Yep, gotta love that. Each, yeah, you basically have to remember each color kind of has their own strengths. So yeah, so as you were saying, like black is really good at killing shit. Uh, whites really likes to either make a bunch of tokens or gain a bunch of life, you know, generally, and uh, you know, so on. Red does damage. Blue does all sorts of you know counters things, draws cards, you know, things like that. <laughs> Yeah, and then I usually like to build my deck with 23 uh, cards and 17 lands. And usually you want 14 to 17 creatures. Um, unless it's like a, a spells matter deck, then you could maybe have 8 to 10. But usually in sealed, you play a creature-based deck, so you want like 14 to 17. The magic number is like, a lot of people say 15 creatures. Uh, but 14 to 17 is probably where you want to be. Yeah, generally, uh, especially in sealed... Um creature-based decks are gonna be generally the way you go uh and they're definitely the easier ones to make so and will probably be the most successful uh they're just easier to pilot and easier to you know build so that's generally what people run yeah and then i mean sometimes too when you're building a deck you have too many cards and you have to cut right so Mm -hmm. what i'll look is i'll look at you know if they're removal if they're you know i think they're good or not and then if and then I'll look at the mana curve, right? So in a perfect world, you'd play want to play something every single turn, right? So you'd want one drop, a two drop, a three drop, a four drop, yeah. right? And then the mana to play all those turns, right? Yeah. Um, so your, your mana curve is very important. Uh, that's something you look at, you know, once you figured out the colors you're playing and, you know, kind of what, what deck you want to play, you know, you figure out what your signposts are. Uh, then, yeah, then you have to figure out, like, how much things are going to cost and you don't want to have a bunch of five costs or something like that. Cause that you're, you're going to be way too slow. You want to have more things that cost like, you know, depending one, two, maybe three, then things are like, you know, five, six, seven. Yeah. I always say two is probably the most important mana cost because if you have a, a high number of two drops, you can almost always play something on turn two because turn one, the, a lot of, I mean, one drops are played nowadays, but a lot of people don't play a lot of one drops. Uh, yeah, in, in the, go. <laughs> yeah, the sealed thing uh, environment. Two, two is great because in turn two, you can play something, right? You can immediately play something. And the other reason two is good is because then turn three, if you don't have like a three mana card, you could still play another two mana, you know, something that costs two. Yeah, and or, then even, I turn, or even two and one, you know, if you happen to have a one drop. Right, right. And then on turn four, you could play two two drops if you don't happen to have a four drop that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, and you really just want to, you know, basically, you know, well, depending on what your deck's achieving, but generally you want to, you know, get a board presence as quick as possible. Because you don't want to fall behind. Yeah, and then, and then once you get to, you know, your four, five, six, seven drops... If you first of all, if you're playing a seven, like a seven drop, you basically want it to win you the game. Um, yep. Otherwise, I'd probably play stick to six or less. Uh, five and six mana cards, you want them to be big. Like if you got like a worm that's like a six for a six six worm, that's good. That's a big thing. You know, a five mana card, you want it to either be something that's gonna you know two for one your opponent or something that's gonna bring a creature back of yours, your best one, or something that's gonna be really good. You know. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is uh, when you are, you know, this has to do with mana curve as well, but uh, when you look at the the, uh, mana cost of the card, you want to make sure that you're running, like, especially if you're running more than, you know, more than a couple colors, make sure you're running, you know, 
lands that can support things that cost multiple of one color or you know for example something might cost three blues or something like that you better make sure you got a lot of blues in that deck to run that card yeah when choosing your 17 lands i usually count the pips and sometimes you know you're really heavy in one color and you only have like five white cards well then you might only need four white lands in the deck but if you're but in a perfect world you're running about half and half and you can know you know go nine one way and eight the other depending on which one you have a little bit more of so yeah yeah but yeah definitely like if you're you know splashing in for like a bomb for example but that bomb has like three uh you know three of one color well you know that might not work out very well yeah if you're gonna do if you were doing that you would hope that green's one of your colors so you can fetch out uh exactly yeah All right, so I'm going to spin up a, a draft sim here, do a sealed pool. Let's see what we get. All right. All right, so we got a couple white cards here. I'm going to stick with, uh, so we got a lot of white cards. We basically got a decent pool here. We have almost about the same number of cards of every color, which is kind of weird. That almost never happens. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> Uh, but our, some of our, um, bomb cards, we got AO, the Don sky, the white dragon. That's, that's pretty good. And we got, uh, Kami of transits, the green guy. And we got a lot of, uh, we got Saturo and we got a lot of gold cards here. We got Oni cult anvil, silver fur, Master, two Gloom Shriekers, two Invigorating Hot Springs, and Naomi. So it sounds like with that, um, there's a lot we could do with that. that you got lots of options there, basically. Yeah, so let's see. As far as creature, as far as removal goes, we got, let's see, Life of Tashiro, of Tashiro for Black is good. Uh, we got Soul Transfer... So black, we really only have like three removal spells. So our black, honestly, we have a lot of it, but it's not that great. So we probably right. ain't going to play black. Um, white seems really good. We have a lot of white cards and we have a lot of... Uh, support for it. Support for that. So we'll probably play white. And we got we actually have three Moth Rider patrols, which are one for one, one flyers. Yeah, that's With that's the tap good. down creature ability. Uh, our blue is not great, so we probably ain't playing blue. So now, do we want to play red or green with it? Let's see. Our red's honestly not that great either, so we're probably going to do green-white. Slezia, very, very solid. So we'll put the Kami in there, and th- that's an enchantment-based theme. So I'll put this Kami in there. We'll put the... Uh, this guy, this Arachi merge guy in here who gets adds two mana if he's modified. Um, we'll add in this stuff. We'll add in some Dragon County Reborn, some Favor of Chukai. Ooh, we got a Harmonious Emergence of Stranger Land to a 4-5. And then, of course, AO, the Coyote Soul of Kanagawa, uh, the Lord, the like our white is just super good. So we're basically going to add every single white card we have here. 
So we're going to have a nice solid white deck and then be just basically splashing green maybe yep. or maybe red. Whichever is the better one that's, you know, we have the better cards to do what that color likes to do basically. Mm-hmm. So green likes to fetch and play creatures and red likes to blow crap up. So, and deal yeah. with so the full deck here is we got three Moth Rider Patrols, which is one for a 1-1 flyer with pay four tap target creature. Uh, yeah, which is pretty nice. Two Era of Enlightenments, which are scry two, then get their sagas that you scry two, then gain two life, then it becomes a 2-2 two, two first strike. We got a Wandering Intervention, which is two to deal four damage to attacking your blocking creature. It's an instant. And then we got the Kitsune Blade Blizzard guy, which is a three for a 2-2 double striker. Uh, then we have the Fall of Lord Kondo, which exiles something with mana value four or greater, and then turns it later on. The chapter two doesn't really matter. You gain control all permanents, you know? And then right. the last chapter, it flips into a 1-3 defender. That when it dies, you draw a card. That's not bad. And then we have Kyota, the soul of Kamigawa, the rare dragon spirit that's white and three for a 3-3 three, three flash flying that makes another thing indestructible when you flash it in. Yeah, uh, so and then our bomb. Yep, and then our bomb is AO, the Dawn Sky, so another white dragon. Big white dragon. And then we got the Kami of Tran- Transcendence, which is uh, two for a 2-2 two, two trampler spirit that gets bigger. One one counter every single time. Uh, enchantment card it, uh, was cast, and then at the beginning of your end step, if you enchantment was put in your graveyard, you get to return to your hand. And then you get the Merge Keeper, which adds mana if he's modified, with the Dragon Comedy Reborn, which can let us play stuff for free. And then we get th- two Favor of Jukai's, which is an enchanted creature for plus three, plus three. And you can also discard it to give a creature plus three, plus three in reach if you need to. Yep. And then we got the Geothermal Kami, which is three and a green for a four-three spirit that returns an enchantment card to your hand and you gain three life. And then we have the enchantment that makes a, a land into a four-five Vigilance Haster. That card is really good. Yep. I lost to that card so hard at the pre-release. <laughs> it's like it's it's, it's so only four busted. mana too. It's ridiculous. Like, why is that card like it? It costs nothing, and they're this land that's just gigantic that you can't deal. Like, that is hard to deal with in sealed. Yeah, like, unless you're playing hard. black, it is very hard to deal with. Uh, then we got a Jukai Preserver, which is three and a green for an enchantment dru- creature druid. That is a three three that puts a one one counter on something when it comes in, or you can channel it to put a one one counter on two creatures you control. Yep, counters are always good. Uh, then we got the Blossom Prancer. That w- it's a uh, 4-4 reach for 5 mana. That when it enters the battlefield, you look at the top 5 cards of the library and put a creature enchantment into your hand. Uh, then we got the Greater Tanuki, which is 6 for a 6-5 Trampler, or you can discard it for 3 mana to search for a basic land and put it on the battlefield tapped. Yep, that's always so good. That's really good. And then mana we're, fetch. We're playing two artifacts that are just one for... One for one for zero zero apprentices that enter with a one one counter on it, so they're one for one ones. And when it dies, you can put its one one counter on another creature you control. That's really nice. Uh, that reminds me of, like the modular days back and way back when. Yeah, so I think move this your deck, stuff around. I actually wish I could play this deck in an event because I feel like it'd be super good. 
Yeah, it, it's got a lot of good sealed stuff. That we're a little really light on removal in general. Like, there's only like one removal card, but it's just got so many big things. I think you can just out. I, the uh, I don't think it, I don't think it would matter. As long as you're you're always going to be in control, basically, with that kind of deck. They have to react to you, and if they can't react to you, then you just win. Yep. So yeah, um, so sealed is awesome. Uh, hopefully, this was a little bit helpful for you guys. I'm going to go into. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to go into some more segments here. <laughs> Corey's crazy card. So uh, Corey's crazy card today is fighting chance, uh, which is one red for an instant. For each blocking creature, you flip a coin. If you win the flip, that creature deals no combat damage this turn. So this is a crazy card because you flip a coin for every single creature attacking. I mean, check that. For every single creature uh, blocking. And then uh, if you win the flip, it deals nothing. So it's like fogs them. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. <clears throat> crazy stuff. And then uh, you got a jungle card this week. James's Jungle. Yeah. Um, so uh, James Jungle this week, uh, uh, it's going to be Natural Order. So anyone who's played Legacy will know of this card. Uh, but it's uh, two green green for a sorcery that has, as an additional cost to Natural Order, sacrifice a green creature, and then your search library for a green creature card, put it into the battlefield, and shuffle your library. So, you know, you basically just search for Creator Hoof and swing for a crap done <laughs> for four mana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, that card is uh, very busted, and that's why it's played in Legacy. Yeah, and... Uh... That's all we got for today. But uh, again, remember, uh, we have that event going on on Twitter. Uh, Go follow A underscore MTG underscore place um, on Twitter and check out our tweet and comment what you want us to do our first deck tech on. And we'll pick somebody at the end of the month. Uh, We're also on other social media, uh, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, all that. And you can find all of our socials and affiliate links and ways to support us at mtgplace.net. Please share this podcast with your friends and those who love magic because we are trying to grow our community. We have a Discord and a Patreon. You can uh, join and hang out with us at. And uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate the uh, the support, guys. Um, Thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for listening.